When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Real Money Friday Q&A podcast. I'm Don McDonald. Before we get into the the few, and, and we don't have very many questions for today because uh, this has been a a holiday-shortened week, and you know, listener numbers are low, and people are taking vacations, and uh, you know, a lot of stuff goes on during the summer that keeps you from listening to or participating in things like this podcast. Um, but we do have some questions for you. Um, but I wanted to share something with you before we get started. I, I debated a number of things before I started this podcast. I, <laughs> I debated whether or not to even do it today, but I realized that this is the best thing I could be doing with my time is uh, helping you and spending some time with you and doing just something because um, this has been a really bad week for me. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just uh, by way of explaining because you're, you're almost like family. Uh, On the 4th of July, my uh, younger brother had a um, really dramatic heart attack, Um, like massive. Uh, For the past several days, uh, uh, he's he's been uh, uh, hypothermic. They, They kept him cool and sedated and in a in an induced coma uh but um but there's a lot going on with the family and and he's in the hospital um on life support and the prognosis is terrible but this is it's part of part of our condition part of our human condition this is uh, my 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 other younger brother died several years ago in a in a really horrific traffic accident. So um, it's kind of a shock, kind of a shock, boys. That an understatement. It's definitely a shock. But uh, I'm I'm continuing to work. I edited yesterday's podcast. I'm going to do tomorrow's podcast with Tom, which we do as a radio show in Seattle on uh, Northwest News Radio. And tomorrow, by the way, great time to call us because we'll have some lines open for you. We'll have two hours. We can actually talk one-on-one at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And uh, we're going to get through our – I think we just have three questions today. So it'll be a, a an abbreviated podcast. But we're going to get through those three questions, well, starting with this one. Hi, my name is Terry. And um, our financial planner suggested that as we got older and close to my husband's 70 and a half, 
or maybe it was close to a 65, I can't remember. But he suggested that we put, we get rid of risk and put our money into a fund. And now that I listen to you, I realize it's an insurance thing. It's with John Hancock. And um, basically what they said is they'd pay 5% per year. And we understood that to be every year, but it was just until he turned, I think, seven years. It was just for a few years, five years, I think. And then um, they guaranteed uh, a certain amount um I think that his his um, minimum distribution for life for both of our lives. So if he passes away in a couple of years, then I get it for my life. Um, so it's pretty close to. So I think we put in six hundred thousand, and then no matter if it goes down to zero and keeps, it just keeps going. Um, so I think it's down to like 500000 but it says that they still pay the, in, the, the amount on the close to 700000 every month, forever and ever. And so they have a lot of money to play with. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't think it was a good idea at the time because we had about... We, the, the market was at 12% then, and it was my understanding that if the market went up, we would get payments going up along with the market, which never happened. If He said if it was over 5%, we would get the over 5%, and if it was under 5%, we would still get the 5%, and that never happened. So... I don't know if I already said it, but with John Hancock. And we do get a decent amount every month, and if anything happened to him, I'm still fine. But I just didn't, it didn't sound like a good deal to me. And my husband is now 77. We're both in really, really good shape, or physical. Physically, we're both <laughs> in excellent health. So I expect this will keep going for quite a few years, but I don't think it's going to take up our whole $500,000 we have left, so I'm not sure. I didn't think it was a very good deal. Anyway, thanks. Well, Terry, thanks for calling, but it seems like it's a little too late to do anything about this. Was this a good deal? I'm with you. I don't think it was. I just, uh, I think there are so many better products than annuities. However, your expectations of 12%, those are unrealistic. You would, you would not have made that on a regular basis. Problem is we can't always just enjoy the great times the market has and then not suffer through the bad times. However, I do think that you probably could be making more than this annuity product is making and I got very confused as to what kind of an annuity it is. And, and that's indicative of annuities. They are designed to be confusing. They're on purpose. They're designed to be confusing. You can't know the, the, the tricks behind this magic they perform that supposedly gives you these high returns, which aren't really high returns. I am confident, confident 
that back when you got this, it was not guaranteeing 5%. My guess is the guarantee of 5% was on your half a million or 600,000, for example, we guarantee you, we guarantee to pay you $30,000 a year minimum, maybe based on some other factors. But uh, that's not like getting a real 5% return because if you had $600,000 and it was returning 5% per year, you would be making $30,000 a year on it and you could do anything you wanted with the $600,000. You see, the, the money belongs to them. And I think the difference between those two numbers was probably a big fat surrender charge. Although it sounds a lot high. Not sure. Very confusing. I understand your frustration and I and your regret. But the best thing you could do, you said you're both in good health. You think you're going to live for a long time. You want to beat an insurance company. You want to end up winning at the end of the day. Outlive their actuarial tables. That's how you win. You just have to live a long time. So take really good care of yourself and live a long time. And, you know, you're getting the income from it. So it's not all bad. But was it the best thing they could have done? No. And by the way, if you're still using this financial planner, uh, I'd fire the person. I mean, they're just going to try and sell you something else down the road, probably. Thanks so much for your call to 855-935-TALK. And um, let's take another, shall we? Hello. My question is about RMDs in an inherited traditional IRA. My mother-in-law passed in 2021, January of 2021. My wife inherited an IRA from her, uh, about $60,000. Not knowing whether my mother-in-law had taken the RMD for 2021, we went ahead and took about 10% of it out. Of course, it was taxable, and we, we paid the tax. Here it is, 2022. We haven't taken an RMD and don't plan to. Now, I understand that the rule is that we have to exhaust this account down to zero by the 10th year after my mother-in-law passed. So 2021 plus 10 is 2031. So if I'm reading this correctly and understand it correctly, by December 31 of 2031, we have to have taken all the money out. We can take some along the way or we can wait. I hope that's the case because we plan to wait until 2031 and just let it ride the market and hopefully uh, increase in value. Thank you. Well, you are absolutely right. Your wife can take the distribution from that inherited IRA at any point in time prior to that 10th year. She can wait until the end and take it all out and pay the taxes in that year. But what you might want to do is do some pre-tax planning because there is one other option. Uh, because your wife, I would imagine, is substantially younger than her mother, you can put this money into a an inherited IRA account in her name and then take the money out. You you have to would have to start the RMDs in 2022, but you could she could do RMDs based on her life expectancy, which could mean for very small withdrawals. It really this is going to depend a lot on where you think you'll be in 10 years tax-wise. So it's it's a guessing game. But yeah, you can absolutely just wait the full 10 years, let it grow like crazy, and then pay the taxes all in one big lump sum in that year a decade from now. So either way, 
Thanks for calling. And the other way you can send questions in, you can type them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. But we also have a cool little program that allows you to click on the microphone button. And if you have a decent mic on your computer, you can just record it through your computer. You can even record it, I believe, through your phone using its mic. And boy, these days, like iPhone mics, wow, they're very, very good. So you just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and hit the contact form like this. Hi, Don. This is Brian. And I'm calling about, hope you're well, by the way. Yes. I'm calling about, uh, I was thinking about purchasing VFSTX, which is the Vanguard Short-Term Investment Grade Bond Fund. And dawned on me that that fund might be designed to be in a Roth or some kind of tax-advantaged account. And since I'm 38, I feel like it wouldn't be smart to do that because I'd be penalized if I need to take that emergency money out before I'm 59 and a half. So I guess my question is, is that a wise fund to hold? Is it wise to hold that fund inside of a regular brokerage account? And uh, that's it. Thank you so much to both you and Tom for everything that you do. Cheers. Well, thanks for the kind comments, and uh, I hope you're not in too much trouble with the police. I heard there at the end they were catching up to you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I think it's great to keep the uh, the short-term bond fund in a brokerage account, in a regular brokerage account, because when you have you got a lot of time, your the things that can make a lot more money make sense in those deferred or tax-advantaged accounts, IRAs, Roths, 401ks, because even though they don't distribute capital gains necessarily on a regular basis, if they're funds, they will occasionally distribute them, and those gains would be taxable, and uh, you know they could hit you. The other thing is, is you, you really nailed the point. When you're dealing with a one-year, two-year maturity portfolio, that's generally there and particularly at your age, that's generally there for an emergency fund. If you need to get a new car, if you know you've got a the, the you've got to pay a big deductible on your insurance or you know health problems or whatever it is, you want that money to be immediately accessible. And in an IRA or a Roth IRA, it's not. It's not. So no, you. I think you've got it right in the first place. We we don't think you should keep the short-term intermediate-term bonds in your Roth or IRA, unless that's all you've got, it's better to keep them outside of that so they're they're accessible. Plus, they don't make that much money. It's not like you're going to get hit with a big tax bill. And that wraps up all the questions we have for this Friday. Thank you all so much for spending time with me and with Tom here on Talking Real Money. We really do appreciate it when you share the podcast with your friends and your relatives, uh, if you share it on social media, and if you like what you hear, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. And if you do need some more in-depth help, and by the way, get the help before you do something you're going to regret, okay? Uh, set up an appointment with one of our advisors at, at Vestry by Appella. It's uh, the firm that Tom and I founded, and we founded it with a commitment to educating and helping everybody, even those who never become clients. It's okay. We're doing all right. We're not ever going to be rich. 
but we're comfortable and we're good with that. So we want our advisors to provide anyone the help they need so they so you don't feel like you're just kind of thrown to the wolves. So if you're looking for a second opinion, you want somebody to just look over your portfolio and go, is this nuts or is this good? We'll tell you and we'll tell you the truth. And we won't do what most other firms do. And that is put the full court press on you to get you to become a client. We don't do that. No cost, no obligation, no high-pressure sales pitch. You just go to Vestry.com and set up an appointment. It's that easy. All right? Thank you all so much. Thanks for your thoughts. I appreciate them. Um, And um, I'm going to edit this thing up and then probably spend some time talking to family again later today. Have a great weekend. And by the way, remember, if you want to call us live, call us on Saturday between 3 and 5 p.m. Eastern at 855-935-TALK. I'm Don McDonald. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.